Hello, organized and productive community and listeners. Welcome to our next episode here at the podcast. I'm Stephanie, your host, and this week we're talking about kitchen organizing. But more specifically, this episode is all about kitchen organizing and a trouble spot that many of you have told me you have, and I have witnessed after two decades of helping people get and you know people get and stay more organized. This is the the space between finding a home for your stuff and for everything in your kitchen and containing the items. So if you're if you are following along with our steps, if you're new, brand new to our podcast, we have our seven steps of organizing almost anything. It is our framework where we that's kind of like where we base most of our theories and most of our actions on, our seven steps of organizing almost anything. And so finding a home for everything is step 4 and containing the items is step 5. And you can find the overview episode in our show notes, which will take you it'll give you a quick overview of what all of these steps are all about and then each Each step has its own episode, so you can go in depth within each episode if you'd like. Uh, So that's what I'm talking about within, you know, steps four and with steps five. So that that is what this episode is all about. It is the this little this section between steps four and steps five that a lot of you have a big big roadblock with. With so after decluttering, this seems to be the next um, major hard step. It's okay, where does everything go? Where, you know, what feels right? And then how do I contain all these items? And it seems to be very overwhelming for a lot of people. So we're going to talk about it and we're devoting an entire episode to this part of the organizing process. So let's head to the kitchen and organize that part of your house. Welcome to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. I am your host, Stephanie, a professional organizer and productivity expert. Ready to explore the right organizing and productivity solutions for you? Yeah? Well, then let's go. Okay, so first things first, let's quickly, very quickly talk about how kitchens are designed and why they're designed the way that they are. I'm going to quickly glaze over this topic because this... It needs its own episode, but I do want to at least address that kitchens are designed for the most part for the usage of eating, cooking, preparing food, that type of thing. Okay, so regardless of when your house was built, that was the function of the room of the of that space of that room. There have been studies on how you naturally move around in the kitchen and your motions around the kitchen and the developer or the designer of the house used those studies and then they ended up uh, rearranging the way that your kitchen looks according to those studies. Uh, if you have an older home, your your kitchen might look slightly different, but for the most part, most of these motions have stayed the same. So for instance, wherever you wash your dishes, whether it's for the dishwasher or just the sink, most likely you have a cabinet right above that or very close by because the theory is is that you will wash your dishes, dry them, and then put them away. So the builder most likely put a cabinet around that space. Same thing with where you're prepping your food, with with the arrangement of where your stove is. So they, they did and they tried their best to arrange that space according to what the usage of that space is supposed to be for, eating, preparing, um, cooking of food. But it is your responsibility to make it your own. It is up to you to move things around depending on your needs, on your the time of life that you're in, how you utilize that room, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
Okay, so here are five areas and or resources that I think will help you organize and store your items in the kitchen more efficiently, more effectively, and give you a greater impact in your organizing journey. Okay, the first tip is all about your space and thinking about your space a little bit differently. Remember that the name of the game of this episode is all about thinking differently and thinking about different ways and how you actually use the space. So not what it was designed for, but how you actually use it. So in our first tip is think about the space. Utilize all, you know, look at your room all around. Think about the vertical space. Think about the horizontal space and think about the diagonal space. All of that area can be rearranged a little bit differently without it making, without having to um, have it look funky or awkward, okay? You can make it look like it belongs. So I'll give you a couple of examples. There is the vertical space. The vertical space means the walls. It could be the the backsplash area. It could be the um, side of cabinet, so where the ends meet or your refrigerator ends, um, the walls, the ends of things. Think anything that goes up and down. Think of that whole area, including the bottom, which actually we're going to talk about in just a second. But think of all that entire area. Same thing with the horizontal space. So think of your countertops. Think of anything that goes from left to right. Um, That is your horizontal area uh, or left to right or just surface spaces. And then then the diagonal is anything that goes, you know, across. And here I'll give you a more specific example. So up and down vertical is things like hooks, Anything that you can put put above your ceiling, of course, just make sure that it is anchored safely. Um, You can read all about that in different DIY or you can go to your local hardware store and ask them all the questions that you need, but basically just needs to be anchored to something sturdy because when you put weight on anything that's vertical, it'll be hanging down. And of course, you don't want your ceiling to come down with it or your drywall. So just make sure that it's anchored correctly. But But basically anything that can be put up on your ceiling, anything that could be put on the side of the cabinets, think pegboards, think hooks, think anything like that that could be put up and down. Uh, something, some of the items that are very popular and I talk about over on my blog are hooks like pots and pans. Um, a lot of you and a lot of people love to hang the pots and pans. I think it's great and perfect. It's out of the way. Um, they are most pots and pans come with the hook with that intention. So just hook it either up against a wall or up against the, or up from the ceiling. If you will be utilizing a pegboard or anything that hooks, just make sure that there's a little bit of room between the wall or the backing and whatever hook, um, like the peg, because there, there should be kind of like a little notch that it hooks onto so that you're not driving into the wall, if that makes sense. So that's more pegboard centered. Um, if you will be using hooks that uh, that have an adhesive backing, just make sure that you have backing the tape, the double-sided tape that is sturdy enough for the weight you will be putting on on it, you know, if it's going to be something heavier or lighter or whatever it may be, but also that the backing is, I prefer to use all-weather proof type of backing. I have some of my favorite products over on the blog as well, uh, but basically just look for something that is all weatherproof because in the kitchen, things tend to be just kind of like the bathroom. Things tend to get hot and cold, um, especially if you're gonna be putting the hooks around the stove or maybe even the water. Um, just make sure that the adhesive is not going to um, come off when it's around the 
different temperatures in your kitchen. On the same, in the same uh, space area, we are also uh, thinking about just the different ways that you're using your shelving units. Do you want to have um, an open concept, you know, open shelving concept, or do you want everything to have a an actual door that closes and you can't see behind it? Do you want a glass, something in the middle where it's glass, but it's protected from the dust and the elements? Do you want to have maybe something in between where, well, you were inherited with an open concept, but you don't really love it, so maybe like a little curtain, something that just puts it behind uh, some, behind something that it's not visible for everyone and also protects it from the elements. So think think differently. How do you use that space? Are you, does it bother you to have to open and close doors all the, uh, excuse me, uh, doors all the time? If that is something that bothers you or gets in the way, this is especially true for galley kitchens, long kitchens, where doors tend to kind of be in the way because it's already a very thin, long space adding doors is just very cumbersome. So maybe for you, like a barn door type of system for your cabinets, maybe just an open concept may work better for you because that is how naturally you move around the kitchen anyway. And just, you know, removing the doors will be much easier. Um, same thing with if you're in a place where it gets very dusty, then for you, you probably will want to have doors that, that are closed. So just think about your space. How just sit back, look out, and see if the area of how you're using every single part of your kitchen, like the spaces, works for you. The last one is the diagonal. The diagonal really comes in handy for for a dresser, for drawers, not dresser drawers, also dresser drawers, but uh, drawers. So think diagonally. Sometimes items will be too long to fit in, um, you know, up and down type of way or, you know, left to right. So in a drawer, you might have to go diagonal. There are separators and um, like separator type of items that will help you with the diagonal spaces. And so, you know, you can create your own as well, but just think of the, di if you can go diagonal. Also in very deep dra uh, drawers, that diagonal will help you so that things can, you know, aren't moving around in, the, in like the deeper drawers. If you need a little bit more help figuring out how, what questions to ask yourself about the space, then head on over to our online shop. That also has our kitchen guide, which is a guide that you can just download um, and it, it prompts you with questions you should be asking yourself about your kitchen and how to uh, look at your space and determine what organizing solutions can work for you. So head on over there. Okay, the next one is talking about the floor. And I know technically this is all about space, but I, I actually put it separately because the floor is so, the floor bottom section of your kitchen, really of any space, but especially your kitchen is very underutilized. And I'll tell you why in just a second. Um, but it, we are separating it, separating it from the space category for the purposes of this podcast. So the floor, this is the area that, um, you know, especially in your pantries, especially if I have like a big pantry, a top to bottom, floor to ceiling type of pantry, this area gets underutilized and or gets kind of just shoved and not efficiently used. There's part of me that thinks I should have renamed this section, this next tip, as the rolling tip, 
because yes, it's all about spacing, but it's actually more specifically about the usage of wheels in your kitchen. Um, the kitchen is most likely not carpeted, so that is why it's a great place for you to be using uh, things that have wheels. And I'll tell you what I mean by things in just a second. But this applies to most of the flooring or anything that's like the bottom of something, like a cabinet, maybe the um, the bottom of the sink cabinet, and anything that can be that, that where we can put wheels on it. Okay. Now, more conventionally, we're used to hearing about rolling carts and then your kitchen island. Yes, all those have rolling wheels, and you can move them around. And I, those are just amazing tools and and items to use in your kitchen. They're so versatile. You can put them away. You can make them stationary. Uh, you can hide them. Also, they don't, it doesn't have to, if you don't like the look of wheels, um, talk to your, you know, your favorite designer, or maybe you're super creative. You can hide the wheels. Okay. They don't have to be visible. They don't have to, everything doesn't have to have a wheel um, visible. You can also just hide it. But I just love wheels in kitchens because you can move it around. And I think that's genius. So Rolling carts, amazing. Kitchen islands, amazing. Big fan. But also, things that you probably didn't think about are, you know the plant, there, there's these plant um, rolling carts where you can put your big plants on and then they roll. They make those um, for kitchen items. You can also just use your kitchen, your plant rolling um, cart as well. They're, they ju they're just very low to the floor and you can roll them around. They're great for your big pots, for your heavy items like your maybe an Instapod or the ice cream maker that you hardly ever use and you use it a couple times a year, um, but not all the time, it, but it's too heavy to be putting up in the top part of your pantry or kitchen area. So these, especially if you have a pantry that's floor to ceiling and you're storing things at the bottom of the pantry, then a rolling, a small rolling type of cart base is going to be perfect for those items. Also, uh, for if you stock um, your vegetables or your groceries, then you can put those crates or those boxes on these rolling carts bases and then you can just roll it in and out so rolling carts rolling bases the small ones the ones that are meant for um you know to put like on plants or just to put the, the like the bottom of of anything really um are great and and just wonderful also you don't have to put the four wheels you know you don't have to install the wheels on the actual like your instapot like you, you can't really put wheels on the instapot technically <laughs> so that that's why these bases are so versatile because then you can just like remove them as you need uh, move them around no pun intended Moving right along, pun intended, <laughs> can't help myself, um, is talking about magnets. And it's a, magnets is its own category, and so is the next tip, because they're so versatile. Again, one of those resources, that's why I said it's going to be areas and resources, tips on um, for the following list, because it's, it's a little bit of both. Magnets is a great resource for you to use around your kitchen, because you can, you can use it for so many things. Um, but more specifically, those items that you frequently use. So they can be put um, anything from, you know, the conventional knives, you know, the magnet wall or the magnet strip that you can put in the kind of under your cabinets on the backsplash. And then you can just put your knives on there. So I think that's one of those tools that's very commonly used. But you can use that same concept for several other things like using that type that magnet strip type of concept and you can put your spices on there. You can put your salt, your pepper, the things that you utilize the most. I have uh, worked with designers who help their clients put 
And these are very common, like in Ikea and stuff, but the more like little baskets, like baskets that just magnetize to that strip wall. And then you can, like the the actual basket itself will have all the, the t utensils that you need for when you're having dinner. So you just mat, you, you just place the mat, the basket or the bin to the wall and then you remove it as needed and it just has all the stuff for quick use. Of course, this could be used in so many different ways, but do not sleep on magnets. Magnets is a great way for you to get organized in your kitchen. They don't have to be, uh, you know, tacky. I don't know if that's a pun, but no, it's not. <laughs> but it can just be, it could be classy. You can um, use different ways. You can use magnets in different ways. So don't sleep on magnets. Same thing with our next tip. Our next resource that I think goes underutilized and is a great tool for you to be using in your kitchen is labels. And hear me out for a second, especially if you're anti-labeling everything and or you're like, no, don't make me label everything. Okay, I get it. But labels are used to identify and categorize items. And it makes it easier to find and organize them, et cetera, et cetera. But it's the reason I, I think this is an underutilized resource is because if you're living with different people that don't think exactly like you or were not part of the organizing journey or process, then they don't know what's happening. They don't know what happened in your kitchen, okay? You're getting organized, it looks great, but oh my gosh, where is the box of cereal? Where did the ketchup go? Where do the plates go now? Where do the bowls go? Where is this, where is that? So if they were not part of the journey or they're people that just aren't really uh, as organized as you are, there's actually an episode about this, by the way, there with Dr. Dar, which I will put in the show notes about organizing when others that you live with are not as organized as you are. So head on over to that if that is something that you're dealing with or want to learn more about. Okay, but back to labels. Labels, again, like magnets, they don't have to be uh, overdone or tacky, okay? Labels are a great way for all of you in the family, in the household, to get on the same page with the organizing journey. Where do things go? It identifies where things are supposed to go. And this is very important in the step four of finding a home for everything. Because even if you found a home for everything, it doesn't mean others have accepted or adopted that new home for that item. So sometimes you just need to, you know, get into a habit and, and building a habit means that you need to give clear instructions. You won't always be there to tell people where things go, so labeling is very important. We can go as simple or as complex as you want to go with labeling. There are people that where we write instructions on what goes here and how it's supposed to go. Some people will outline some of the bigger items where it's supposed to go, especially for kids or if you have a bigger family that they're having a hard time figuring out where things go, you outline things for them. Um, I think it's, you know, it's a very fun way, I guess, to do it. But if you don't want to be putting labels like that on your kitchen counters or tape everywhere, <laughs> I get it. So this could be done very tactfully. Um, we sometimes will put clear labels on the counter space of a cabinet, for instance. So you can only see it if you're looking over the thing. Um, and then sometimes what we'll do is we'll put the label underneath the item. So think about, about a big appliance. So let's think let's think about the toaster oven. Um, if, if a toaster oven is supposed to go in a certain shelf, then we will put a clear label, a very, you know, small enough but big enough to read, on the on the counter space, and then only the person 
that is reading over it can see that that's what's supposed to go there and then you just place the item over it and when the item is on top of it you can't see the label so you can get as fancy as you want you can go as simple as you want but it, it's a great way for you to start getting into a new habit for others around you to learn where things are supposed to go um, also another way and something else you can do with labels is you can then remove them. Over time, we will start to build those habits and we will remember where things go, where your favorite mug goes, where the cereal is supposed to go, where the carrots are going, even in your refrigerator. So you can always just remove the labels after. They don't always have to stay there. Okay, so just work with work with how you naturally are. If it's something that bothers you, know that it doesn't have to be permanent. It can just be part of the journey. If you're someone who loves labels and they look and you just love the aesthetic of it, then this is going to be right up your alley and you're going to love this. Make them fancy. Get some really pretty labels, uh, label markers that will display the label in a very beautiful way that fits your aesthetic and also helps the other people living in your area to know where things are supposed to be. So do not sleep on labels either. Thank you for listening to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. It helps with letting people know that we're here. For full show notes and resources, head on over to theorganizedflamingo.com slash podcast. Happy organizing. Happy organizing.